So, welcome to the first episode of this series. Um, My name is Danny McGee, and in this series, I'm going to be basically getting a bunch of really rad people on Instagram Live and just having a conversation. Uh, We're doing some Q&A, some questions, and just having a normal conversation. Um, In this first episode, I was lucky enough to get Edin Ram on board, and Edin is one of my friends. Um, We've known each other for probably two or three years now. Um, He's a really good friend of mine, and he is an incredibly talented photographer, videographer, um, adventurer, and just a really rad dude. Um, In this episode, we went over like how to work with brands, how to get paid for doing what you love, um, a bunch of camera gear stuff, a bunch of travel stuff, and all the stuff that kind of goes along with that. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy. Yo! What's up, man? What's good, man? Welcome to Instagram Live. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually my first time ever on live. Dude, my first time was like last week, and it's pretty cool. Um... (laughs) Cool, so we have 40 people. Um, cool, so basically, um, I just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So basically, I just wanted to get Eden um, on Instagram Live, and we're just going to talk about different photography, videography, travel, um, how much I miss the food in Israel, and just random stuff like that. Um, this guy was addicted to <laughs> Cool. Uh, so yeah, for those of you who don't know, Eden is a Israel-based um, videographer, photographer, extraordinaire. Um, you started in surf photography, right? Right, right. And how did you get into that in- initially? Um, well, I was just um, uh, out of the I was out of the army actually in Israel, and I was starting school, and um, I'd always been like I'd been surfing for a few years, and I was super into it. And I'd been shooting, um, doing photography since high school. And um, when I started school, I was kind of like, I didn't want to just, like, I wasn't that into what I was going to study. I was studying communications. and But I didn't really want to do it that much. And um, I was looking for stuff that I can do while I'm in school. And I was in the photography. I was in the surfing and all that. And I was like, okay, like, a cool opportunity to try photography. Like, I'll just see, you know, while I'm studying. Like, there's no risk, you know, I mean. There was risk because I ended up buying a super expensive water housing, but yeah. it was more like the, um, like just an experiment, you know. I was just like, okay, like I'm not, I'm not, I didn't think where it would take me. I was just like, I love both of these things. I want to put them together, and um, I ended up buying this this water housing that was super expensive. It was like four thousand bucks, and I was like, fuck, like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pay this back. <laughs> and I was like, this is my, my yeah. goal is to like pay back. My water housing, like that's what I wanted to do with yeah. surf photography. Um, dude, those are no and, joke. Those are so expensive. Yeah, dude, they're, they're really expensive. Um, but in the end, what I ended up doing um, was reaching out to uh, um, professional surfers on Instagram, on Facebook, and eventually one of them um, like reached back and was down the shoot, and it was kind of luck, kind of like making my own luck. But we got like super, super nice day. Um, waves, it was like perfect, glassy, clear water, and the photos came out like really nice, and he, he he's just like, alright, you're mine, like send me to all his sponsors, and yeah. from that I've literally not, ever not had work, like I've had work all the time since then, Yeah, and yeah. it was kind of like just this mix of like, um, just 
getting lucky, but also putting myself out there and just kind of like hope, like just doing what I want to do, and then it like it worked itself out, you know. Yeah, well, I think reaching out to people is like something that not a lot of people do, and that's like exactly how I got my start as well. Is I would just literally yeah. go on Instagram and message people that I like their stuff and be like, "Yo, what's up? Like, I love your stuff. <laughs> you want to shoot or hang out or get coffee or anything?" And yeah. uh, dude, that's actually how we met. Um, right, that's how me and you met. Yeah, yeah. So me and Eden, um, we just happened to be in Bali, Indonesia at the same time. And the way we met was we both just happened to have messaged this um, Indonesian photographer. His name is Wayu. He's a really dope photographer, really awesome guy. Um, but anyways, we both just happened to message him on like the same day and say like, yo, dude, you want to go shoot? So he texted both of us. We didn't know each other at the time. But he said... He also um, didn't say that he's inviting someone else. Like, I thought I was just going with him. Yeah, same. Thought you were just going with him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, anyway, so I show up at this guy's house at 3 a.m. So, he, basically, he only shoots sunrise and sunset. So, he's, like, like all of his photos are just, like, like he has to wake up at 3 a.m. and then also be out at sunset. So, we show up at his house at, like, 3 a.m. And there's this random dude outside his house. I'm like, yo, are you here to try and meet up with YU? And it was edited, and he's like, he's like, yeah, dude, me too. And so we ended up, I think we went to that, like, volcano that morning or something. And yeah, it was actually sick. Yeah, it was dope. Uh, but yeah, it was all just reaching out on Instagram. I don't think people understand, I mean, a lot of people do, but, the, like, the number one thing about Instagram, the, the, the thing that makes it, everything about it worth it is connecting with people. Like, it's... Yeah. it's there's never been such an easy way to just literally, like, first degree talk to anyone. You know, you can yeah. send a direct message to anyone, to the, the most, the, the president, I don't know, it doesn't matter, you know, like, you can literally send a message to anyone. They might answer, they might not, you know, but a lot of the people that I've ended up meeting, I never even imagined they would answer me, you know, like, yeah. kind of like you, you just shoot, shoot out to everyone, and I ended up meeting a lot of like amazing, amazing people, and shooting some amazing people that I never expected in my life that I would that I would be able to, you know. Yeah. But just because Instagram, just you know, you just gotta like send out a message. It really doesn't like hurt anyone, you know. Yeah, yeah, and um, not only for meeting people. Like I think meeting people is the best, like the best thing about it. You, like most of my friends, honestly, like my really good friends, I met through like Instagram or Facebook, which is super weird, but it's like it's twenty first century, so. I guess that's just how things go nowadays. Um, but for jobs as well, dude, like any brand that you want to work with, you literally just type, send direct message and say like, yo, my name is X. I do this and I would love to work with you. And like a lot of times they get back to you. If they don't get back to you, you send them an email. Like, like you said, it's so accessible right now. It's, it's like you can, you can contact anyone on the planet basically. That like people are, are, are kind of like embarrassed or afraid to reach out. Yeah, you know, and, and, and there's there's one thing that I've really really understood is everyone is just a person, just like you. You know, the army when I would I had this position like special position where I was as a young to deal with a lot of like like really high ranking generals. Yeah. And at first it was scary as fuck. You know, I was like, who am I? Like I'm nothing like these people. And then once I started dealing with it's just like your dad or like your your friend you know like it yeah like, um 
it's exactly the same thing. Like they're humans, you know. And I realized that in Instagram also, like all these people that have, like millions of followers, and you're like, oh, they'll never answer me, blah, 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 but they ended up being just like dudes, you know. And like there was no yeah, yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. Um, and I love when people reach out to me yeah. and they're like, they're like, yo, do you have any tips for starting out in photography? Or do you have any like hints about my photos? And I'm like stoked to get those messages. I'm always like, yo, yeah, I'll check it out. Like I'm happy to help. Like so many people helped yeah. me when I was starting. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's cool to be able to give back that like information. Absolutely. Um, uh, but yeah, so another yeah, cool absolutely. thing about Eden is he was in the Israeli army, right? And you flew helicopters? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Part of my service, I was flying helicopters. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's weird to me, but uh, as to like a, like an Israeli, it's not that weird. But in Israel, everyone has to join the military, right? Like that's every citizen. Yeah, and has to do uh, for men or two years for women. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's wild. Like, coming from the States where it's like, I don't know, you have to volunteer, you have to really want to be in it. It's cool. Yeah, but it's a totally different, it's a different experience. It's yeah. like going into the American military, like, not getting into it too deeply, but like, um, like when you go into the Army here, it's kind of like, understands and knows in the Army and accepts it, it's part of the culture here, and it's just totally normal. Now, Dan just wrote. <laughs> what a Dan! Just, right? Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> that was, uh, oh, it's in Hebrew. I have no idea. He's probably talking a bunch of crap. Hero that I, that I did nothing in the army. But, uh, <laughs> he's Someone get Dan out of here. <laughs> um, cool. So um, the next like thing that I uh, that I wanted to talk about in like. Um, someone asked this question. I did a Instagram questions thing and someone was just asking about equipment. Um, so if you want to start with equipment and then I can go over what I use. Um, I think you're, you're shooting on the 1DX, right? Most of the time. Ah, we're losing yeah. you. She recently moved to 1DX. Nice. Okay. It seems like it's getting a little better. Hold on, let's see if this works. <laughs> Is this better? Yeah, yeah, that's better. You've upgraded to like 14 pixels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's better. Now I have a big fan on my head. Now I look like I'm in the nature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Alright. Uh, equipment. Yeah, so I've... Actually, I was shooting Nikon my entire life and just like... I think it was uh, about half a year ago I moved to Canon, to 1DX, um, purely because it's the best camera I've found for um, shooting video and stills with the same body, and yeah. for a lot of my travel jobs, like, it's super critical to be efficient, you know, and, I, and a lot of my jobs, I have to shoot also video and also stills, and having that in one body and super high quality is, like, ideal, yeah. and it's... Um, it's, it's a big camera, it's big and it's heavy, which is really annoying, um, but in the meantime, it's been worth it for me, you know, like, it's been, uh, it, I'm satisfied with the content enough, the, the quality enough, that I'm, like, dealing with the weight and the size. Yeah. Um, 
so most of my most of my work I do with the One DX. Um, my more commercial work I do with a uh, with a Sony FS5, which is like a cinematic camera. Um, and I have a whole range of like lenses and stuff for that. Um, I use GoPros a lot. Um, I just got the GoPro Seven, which is freaking amazing. Like, Dude, it's, it's insane. Huge, huge step up. Yeah, it's insane. Like the stabilizer is unbelievable. The depth, like the the uh, dynamic range is incredible. Like I'm really, really satisfied with it. Yeah. Um, and it's relatively cheap compared to most of the cameras that like we usually buy. Yeah. Um. And I also shoot a lot with my phone. Like I, I have an iPhone X. Um, that's cracked and the sensor's full of dust. But <laughs> like take it a lot and shoot with it, and it also gives me like really cool photos. Yeah, yeah, dude. So we've had this conversation before a couple of times, just about like how good phones are getting nowadays. It's like it almost makes me angry because I've spent all this money on all this like crazy equipment, and then I have a phone. Um, like I've been using the Google Pixel a bunch, and that camera is unbelievable, and the iPhone as well. It's, it's unreal, dude. And yeah, dude, it's like it kind of makes me mad. And that's the cool thing, though, is, like, there's no excuse for people not to get into photography or video. Like, iPhones Absolutely can shoot 4K, not. slow motion, um, the Pixel can do the same exact things. It's like, all these phones are just upping the game, like, so quickly when it comes to photo and video. There's, like, there's no barrier for entry. Like, anyone can do it. Anyone can do it really, with really high quality. And it's, like... Like, I, we've said this before, it's like, the, the best camera is the one that you have on you. And with your right. phone, it's just in your pocket, you're carrying it around all the time, and whenever a moment happens, you just take it yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, it's a totally different, like, state of mind of shooting. Because when you have all your gear on, and you're, like, at least for me, I use, like, a lot of prime lenses, and I'm constantly yeah. thinking about, like, what lenses I have, what angles I can use with the lenses that I have, and, change, and like, wait, I don't want to change my lens now, I'll do this first, and, blah, blah, and it, like, it's kind of this whole different set of thoughts you have when you're shooting yeah and when you're with your phone it's a lot more of just experiencing like you're you're just experiencing what you're experiencing whatever and then you just hold your phone out in front of you you know like yeah you just do it like there's really no excuse now obviously it's not the quality of, of these like super expensive cameras but first of all when you're starting out it really doesn't even matter that quality you know like you don't need super high quality and there's only a few things that you can't do on your phone like like night photography or although I've seen people do it with their phones and like yeah. there's a few, like technical things you know but for the most part uh, I can do I, I have tons of, of photos on my uh, on my feed that are just from iPhone you know and yeah. you don't need a change lens you don't need anything like you see something cool whip out your phone take a photo boom like yeah, it's like um, it's it's like when, when, like you said when you have your camera and you have all this gear on you, it's like you feel like you have to be taking photos. Whereas when it's a phone photo, it's like it's just like spur of the moment. Like you wait for the moment to happen and then you just capture it. As opposed to like, I feel like when I'm taking photos or making videos, I'm almost trying to create the moment from the photo. So it's like it it switches places. So it's just so handy to have. Um, yeah, like like Burning Man, the last two years, you and me when I went last year, like, I didn't take my camera out once. It was weird. Right, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's, that's exactly the, the point that we're 
both making, I think, is that, like, it's it doesn't interfere with the experience, having your phone, you know? Like, you're still shooting, but it's not, you're not in photographer mode, you know? Which, which you're, you're in experience mode. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, a good way to put it. <laughs> What's up, buddy? <laughs> What's up, Bob? This is Fedor. That's a nose right there. What's up, buddy? Um, but yeah, so anyways, back to the to the One DX. Um, yeah. So I think I think the One DX Mark II, right? Yeah. So I think it's the best all-around camera ever made. Like it's it ha it's the perfect camera, except it's huge, dude. It's so big. Yeah, it sucks to travel with. <laughs> like it, it has all the specs. Everything is perfect, except yeah. it's just massive. Yeah. And it's pretty um, expensive. Like, I just got the Ronin S stabilizer. Yeah. And I don't, like, I've seen people use it with the 1DX, but it just, like, I hated it. Like, it didn't, those two together were just, like, it was too big of a camera, you know? Like, it just didn't yeah. work out. Whereas if I had, like, a, an A7 III or A7S II or one of those, like, that would have been amazing on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I just got the A7 III. Oh, Finally. Dude, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, I've been waiting for the nice. A7S 3 to come out for like two years and it's never coming. I know, I know. I'm waiting for it too. I think when the A7S 3 comes out, it may just possibly replace my 1DX. That's the question. I've heard some crazy rumors about it. Like 6K and... Like what? I heard it might have 6K. 6K? That's Jesus. what. Uh, I don't know why you would ever need 6K, but that means it probably does really good HD and good 4K, like 4K 60 and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a that's I the other the screen thing. Screen you can get from 6K. What? I think the screen grabs you can get from 6K. Oh yeah, it's like a photo. Yeah. It's better than a photo. Um, Dan. The problem with everything we're saying. What, <laughs> what's the problem, Dan? What, Dan says A7S3. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the other thing is, like, so I, I talk about this a lot with my other, like, filmmaker friends, is, like, pretty much, like, our videos, unless they're being shared in, like, commercials and, like, huge screens, like, dude, they literally end up on, like, a two-inch wide screen. <laughs> it's, like, some people shoot 4K, 6K, all these crazy specs, and, like, for some reasons, you definitely need it. Like, for corporate stuff, you definitely need to shoot 4K and have all this, like, like shooting 10-bit and all this, like, you know, like right. super That's high quality why I have stuff. The Sony FS5 that I use for that kind of stuff. Yeah. But for the other stuff, eh, yeah. really don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like it's gonna get downgraded so much by the time it ends up on Instagram or even YouTube. Like, I mean, you can upload in YouTube, but even then, people mostly watch on their laptops. So it's like, right. It's kind of right, ridiculous. Right. Even not even laptops. I think 80 percent of people watch it on their phones. Really? I I believe yeah. it. Yeah. I think 80% of our content gets viewed on phones, and when you're seeing a picture on a phone, it doesn't matter if it's 1DX quality or iPhone X quality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all the same. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's like something you're always like fighting with. At least I am. I'm like, ah, uh, should I even shoot this in like 4K? Like the you have the you got the Mavic 2. The the 4K yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 bit is insane, and I recently just started selling uh, stock footage, so I always shoot in 4K. But before that, I was always like, like shooting in like 2.7 or 1080, because it's like. You, were, I remember you were in Iceland, 
were shooting 1080-60, I think it was. And yeah. I, was just, I, I was so amazed because it looked shit, you know? Like, it looked <laughs> so bad. And, uh, yeah, dude, I remember you giving me so much shit for that. Because with the drones, their their ten, their HD, their 1080-60 isn't really 1080. The 4K isn't really 4K. Like, on the drones, I recommend shooting 4K because you need that added quality. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so we have uh, a... What do you do with this? Yeah, this question. Um, you can go first if you want to go. Honestly, I don't really know what I do. It always just comes out in shitty <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Really um, um, I, I export from Final Cut. Like, I use Final Cut to edit. Um, and I export in uh, H.264. Yeah, and, same. And then I just airdrop it to my phone or through Dropbox or whatever. It doesn't matter. But H.264 almost always looks yeah. fine on Instagram. As long as it's not too big of a file, you know, you need to make it like relatively small, which is what H.264 is. Yeah. Um, Christian, do you mind, do you um, use Premiere or Final Cut um, if you want to add that comment in? Because me and Edna are both on Final Cut. Um, and the way I do it, in Premiere. Yeah, it's, it's the same in Premiere, right? Yeah, yeah, you can export to H.264. Yeah. And uh, as long as the file size isn't huge, because if it's a big file size, I think Instagram does some sort of compression that just looks horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, there's a good example on one of my recent posts, like the second or third to last, the first one, um, is a, um, a video that I that I uploaded of me snowboarding, and I did some color correction on my, on my computer, and it looked great on the computer. And then when I put it on Instagram, the colors went completely to shit. Like, it's totally, totally, like, this weird blue... Oh, I, I kind of remember that. It I didn't. Terrible. Yeah, I didn't say anything, but I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." Yeah, it, it looks horrible. <laughs> I only noticed it like the next day because I was in Alps. I barely had a service, and, uh, and I was I was like embarrassed. Like I was like, "Do I delete this? Do I not?" Like yeah. it looks really really bad. <laughs> um, no, nah, dude, it's a dope um, video. Yeah, I just weird. Weird things. Weird things. Yeah, I don't know all the details though. Yeah. So when I export, uh, it sounds like Christian uses um, an app, which actually like there's there's plenty of applications that are really good out there. Um, I always use Final Cut just because I have it, but um, there might be like a YouTube video if you if you just YouTube um, what's the best export settings for Instagram on Video Leap. Like basically, like pretty much the entire like process of me learning how to do photo and video was through YouTube. Um, so I'm sure there's a there's a YouTube video. Um, but yeah, so I always export in, um, if you want to like get your, um, get your proportions right for Instagram, the four by five proportions, the, um, the settings you want to use are 1080 by 1350, I believe. Um, you can change that. And then yeah, I, think, I think so. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah, but also you can just Google that. Just write like best, um, best resolution for Instagram and it'll give you the exact amount of pixels and everything and, uh. Literally everything is just money on Google. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Like, you can get a college education on YouTube. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you happy you didn't go to college? Or didn't finish college? What? <laughs> Aren't you happy you didn't finish college? Dude, I would still be in college. I wouldn't be doing any of the stuff that I'm doing now if I'm still doing, uh, if I was still doing college. Yeah, I'd still be sitting yeah. in a classroom just, like, killing myself over not being able to do stuff. Because it's just, yeah. yeah. So I'm really glad that I didn't, um, I totally see like 
why some people do go to college. Because, like, if you want to be a doctor, you obviously have to go to college. Um, of course. But for some professions, like, you just don't need a, a degree. Like, like there's plenty right. of stuff out there where you don't need a degree. And people go for four years getting all this debt and then end up doing something that their degree doesn't even have to do with. It's like... Right. I don't understand why people do that, I guess. Um, I definitely understand that college, you need college for some jobs. Um, but Right. Well, for, for a profession, like, for, there's professions that you just, it, you need to learn them. Like, there's no, yeah. do you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, or anything like that? Like, you need to know what you're doing. You yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's things, professions, usually arts, um, that are better learned with experience than in a, than in a classroom. Yeah. Um, here, someone just asked me if I finished college. I did. I I, uh, I did three years in uh, communications degree, and it was great. Like it was fun. It was nice. Uh, I learned some stuff, but nothing really practical to what I do. You know, like the the most of the stuff I learned about what I do is from doing it. You know, and yeah. making mistakes and uh, having no choice but to learn how to shoot video for example i didn't know how to shoot video when i started i just uh i just i like, got an offer to make a video i was like <laughs> okay I'll, I'll do it and then i broke my head over how to do it you know yeah yeah um, and it's so a that, slow like, process you, yeah it's a slow process but when you teach yourself like when you teach yourself by by doing what you want to do you learn exactly what's necessary to do and not all the bullshit around, you know? Yeah, like a yeah. degree, if, even if you want to deal with communications, I mean, I guess you would get a communications degree, but most of the stuff you're going to learn in the communi communications degree isn't going to be what you're doing at your desk, at your job. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and another thing that bugs me about college is you learn so much that you don't actually ever use. Like, you're required to take, like, X amount of credits of fun stuff like uh, exploratories I don't I don't remember exactly what the name is right, but you, yeah, you're required yeah. to take all these classes that you don't need and you never will need so colleges are making a killing off of these and they're just classes that they're forcing you to take so like like trade schools yeah. I think are awesome um, because you just learn what you need to do the trade um, right. yeah I definitely have some adverse views about college but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah if, if you want to yeah, go to college not, then, anyone listening Don't ask us about. We're obviously not yeah. big fans of college, but there's <laughs> plenty of very good reasons to go to college and get a degree, uh, depending on what you do. Right? Yeah, so yeah. That's clear out there. Yeah. <laughs> so Dan Leor, I don't know who this guy is, but uh, he's asking, how do you get to work for big brands? Um, Honestly, sometimes you just reach out, like we were saying earlier. It's like, just send an email. Um, send yeah. an email along with some work that you've done and say, like, yo, I'd love to work. Um, I'd love to work together. I've done that in the past before. And like Eden was saying earlier, it's like, you'd be so surprised about who replies to you. Like, like Instagrams, the people who run these big brands' Instagrams, they check their DMs all the time. That's their job. So they check your stuff. They forward it to the right marketing person. And before you know it you're talking to some marketing person for a huge brand that typically in the past, like dude, like before Instagram and Facebook, these big brands were so off limits. Like you couldn't send yeah, a DM absolutely. to like GoPro or anyone, yeah, no you know, right. it's just like unheard yeah. of. So it's just really accessible nowadays. Um, yeah. And, uh, I, I also think, um, there's a, there's a way like in the beginning nowadays, everyone needs content. 
So starting from the smallest of, of companies to the largest of companies, everyone needs content. Yeah. And when you're in the beginning, you know, you don't really have that much to show for yourself. So you can't really just reach out to a huge brand and be like, hey, I'm going to make you this awesome video of that, but when you don't have anything to your name or anything to show. Um, yeah. So in the beginning, it's a lot about um, finding the balance between uh, getting work, doing work for, for, for brands, and um, being able to make very good content. Um, which what I mean by that is like go out and do stuff, you know, like put stuff on your name, even if you're not getting paid that much, even if it's for free, like a lot of times, like yeah. you'll do, like if you believe that you can make a great, um, a great video for something and then that video is your entry card to your next job. So in the beginning I did a ton of jobs that were totally for free, um, because I, uh, detected the potential in them. I'm not saying do everything for free because some company just wants to get free content. I'm saying choose the jobs uh, to, to do for free that you think can really progress you. Um, so uh, just for example, my first job um, abroad, I had this surf company that wanted to do this uh, surf video in Peru. And I've never done a job abroad. Like that was my first time getting flown out somewhere to do, to do a shoot. And I was kind of already in the point where I was like, not doing free jobs anymore, you know, it's kind of like, I don't really yeah. need to do jobs for free, like, and get paid work, but this, um, he had this kind of deal with KLM, the airline, that they were going to sponsor all the trips and stuff, and the logo would be in there and everything, and, and once I heard that, I was like, okay, like, this is, like, this is something that can actually help me, like, I'm going to gain a lot of experience learning how to shoot abroad, shooting surf, it's like, it's something that I want to do, I'm going to make an amazing video, it's going to have the KLM logo on it, and I can use that to show that my next time, like, hey, I made this video with KLM in Peru, boom. And literally since then, I've been getting job offers abroad, you know, because I, sh I, sh I was able to show that I do that kind of work. So, yeah. in the, like, a lot, there's this, this big, like, it, it's very complicated in the beginning, finding that balance between um, doing work for free or paid and getting paid with exposure, you know, as all these brands like to, to, to do. Um, and it's really about finding the right ones that are really going to help you progress as a photographer and have things to show for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Definitely in the beginning. Um, I think it's really important that you work for free. Some people are like, like some yeah. people, like some people have DM me in the past and they're like, they're like, yo, I'm, I'm DMing all these companies, but they just want me to work for free. And yeah. it's just like. That's how I got my start. That's how you got your starts. Like you, you have to kind of work for free for a little while to prove that you can right. work for money. Exactly. It's like no one's just yeah. gonna pay some random dude who's like, yeah, I'm a really good videographer. No one's gonna just throw money his way and be like, I trust you, bro. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like you have to prove yourself first, and um, that's like a long process. It took me like I don't know, like three or four years. No, not three or four. Probably two years. Uh, before I was really making money, just like grinding and grinding and grinding, do this free stuff, free stuff. But um, at the same time, like even if you do free work for a company, you can still put their name on your website, on your portfolio, and you did work for them. And a lot of times that'll like attract other companies because when they see, they're like, yo, this person's worked with like X company that everyone knows. It's like this person obviously does good work. Um, right. So yeah, I definitely think in the beginning you should be willing to do free work. Um, it kind of is like soul crushing to us when we're, 
kind of like further along in our careers when I'm trying to get paid for things because dude there's some kids that are like insanely talented who are just starting who um who are able to make these like incredible videos and it's like they'll be they'll be willing to do it for free whereas we are, we have our set rates so it's like oh man sometimes they just can come in and undercut you um but yeah it's all like we're all growing together which is a cool thing about um this whole thing, this whole uh, like Instagram yeah, photography I'll, thing. Um, and I just want to add one thing to that. Um, like, it, it's totally true. Like, it's definitely undercutting ourselves to say that te- that type of thing. Um, but in the end, um, the quality of your content re- always increases. And at some point, yeah. you reach a level where you're able to, to, to give brands something that is beyond just like something that looks cool, you know, which a lot of brands don't need more than that and that's why they'll go for the cheaper one they don't need something very thought out with a story and that but like when it comes to actually when when you get to the big brands they won't take just some random guy that doesn't have that much experience because they understand the the importance of storytelling you know And, and and being able to actually do something substantial is different than just showing something visually pleasing you know what i mean yeah, and, um, and that's something that you you in in a business sense you create your worth with time, and you 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 learn to, to, to market yourself, you learn to negotiate, and you learn to, to sell yourself to brands and to show them that you're capable of giving them added value that not just anyone is able to give. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And and as you get further along in your career, you start to like you kind of have to become good at marketing. You have to become good at like sales you have to get good at pitching things you have to get good at everything um and also a lot of a lot of companies just really like working with people they've worked with before so they wouldn't want even if the content is insane from someone who would do it for free someone they know is going to do a really good job with it they'd rather go with them uh so it's just kind of about all that like building 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 um yeah i'm gonna add one more thing to that (laughs) go for it um uh the number one thing that brings me work or that, that, that brings people back to me or word of mouth is my client relations. Okay. It's like how I just, how I act with people. Like the fact that I'm nice to my clients or that I like, that I'm like, I just act with them like a friend or anything like that. Like the second the client likes you, they'll want to use you. You know, like yeah. it doesn't matter that I'm, I'm not the best at what I do. There's people who do what I do way better and way cheaper, but people want to work with you because, because it's pleasant to work. And that's something you learn as part of like your business strategy is like how to give a good service to a client um, is a huge, huge factor in, in continuing to get work and having them recommend you to other, to other companies. Yeah. Uh, connections are everything. Like word of mouth everything. is everything. I've gotten way more jobs from word of mouth than I have just randomly reach out to people. Um, especially nowadays that are more established. It's like, yeah, yeah, people just like, if you have a good reputation, like they know they're going to get what they're asking for and they just like you. They like, you're, you're just another like friend to them. Like with all the brands that I work with, I don't look at them as this scary brand. It's just, it's just the PR person for this brand. And we're, we're friends. Right. We want to help each other. We want to help them do whatever their goal is. And they in turn help us. Um, so right. yeah, it's just this kind of like symbiotic thing. And, um, I know a lot of people are just 
like not very good at dealing with um with people like someone wants changes they're, they're like they want changes in their video they're like oh i'm gonna have to charge you this amount more this amount more i spent three hours doing this so i can't do that and um sometimes you just got to be like okay i like this 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 company i'm working for i like them um i'll just go ahead and make these changes just to further that relationship so um yeah okay we got someone commenting uh let's see if we have any questions or comments or anything yeah i saw, I saw a few questions um how do you find a balance between staying true to your style and maintaining authenticity while also appealing to a large audience? In touch with Adam. Want to shoot that one? Yeah, yeah, you should go for that. Um, it's a really interesting. Yeah, go for it. Um. It, so what Eden's talking about is like is kind of like, and the question is kind of like. Should you work on stuff that gets you paid a bunch or like passion projects that you actually enjoy? Um, and Eden told me about his friend, uh, who's a really good example of kind of just like yeah, that, that whole topic. It's a really good like real world scenario where that played out. Right. So I'll give the precursor first about uh, this little anecdote about Instagram. Because um, Instagram is... is a touchy subject for me. I have a love-hate relationship with it. And uh, <clears throat> there's definitely, um, um, on Instagram, you need to do certain things that do appeal to a large audience, like like you said, Adam. Um, and it's not always, like, the right choice to show what you truly love, which is absolutely absurd, you know? But you kind of have to, like, put what, what works you know, for your feed and what what's gonna get good engagement, what's gonna get likes, and I really hate that. Like, I really don't yeah. don't like that aspect about uh, about Instagram. Um, but when it comes to actually like my day to day work, um, there's a huge, huge uh, difference between doing work for money and doing work that you're actually super passionate about. And there's always a balance. You know, like you have to find work. You need to get paid. You need to feed yourself. You know. Uh, but on the other hand. Every job that you do brings about your next job, okay? So if I do now uh, a video for some startup company and I do like a commercial for them or a Kickstarter campaign, which is good money for me, but it's not necessarily what I want to do, you know? Like it's not what I'm passionate about. Um, but yeah, I do it and I do a good job and it's a good video. Someone's going to see that video and, be, and say, hey, I want you to make that video for me. Like can you do what you did there for me? And that's usually how you get more jobs. Like people see your work and then they want that as well and as long as you're doing work that you're um, non-passionate about you're kind of pointing yourself in a direction that you're going to be getting work in something that you don't want something you're not passionate about whereas um, when you do something that's you're passionate about otherwise known as a passion project which you may not be making any money from um, someone may see that work and say hey i want you to do that for me and then that's going to be in the direction that you do want to take and it's really really important to as like you still need to do money jobs and you still need to make a living but it's like you have to once in a while force yourself to do projects for yourself because those are the ones that are going to push you in the direction that you want to go and um like you were saying now with uh this friend of mine adam uh rubin this great fucking guy uh super super talented and also he actually has a crazy story similar to what I was talking about where he was shooting weddings for a very long time super successful like he was shooting weddings all over the world tons of money like doing amazing amazing work but uh, he 
didn't like it. Like he, 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 it wasn't his fashion. And he eventually, um, decided, like he understood um, that process that if you do a job, people want that. And he literally erased from the internet everything that has to do with him, his name, Kaveret, actually his company, Kaveret, his production company. And um, he erased everything that has to do with Kaveret and weddings. And literally deleted off the internet. And he understood that as long as he has that stuff up, he's going to be associated with weddings, and that's what he's going to get. And he doesn't want to do that. Boom, erased it, which was like super inspiring to me. And I was like, that, that's such a ballsy thing to do. Like after you've built up such an audience, you build up such like all this work, and then deciding that I want to do my passion, you know, mm. and doing the steps you need to do in order to get there. So, yeah, I think it's super important to do passion projects. And eventually when you do enough of them, you'll start getting real high paid work with the stuff that you are passionate about. Yeah, because now, so after Adam left kind of the wedding business and started doing, he, he started doing more travel stuff, right? Right, absolutely. And now, since people see that he does travel stuff, he gets jobs doing travel stuff. So now he's just building, he was doing these weddings this one direction, and he totally chopped off that limb, and then just started doing right. this way, and now the jobs are going on the right limb. And I think a lot right. of filmmakers and um, photographers kind of get stuck in that loop where they're like, they're doing things that are making great money, but in the back of their mind, they're always thinking like, I really would love to be doing this. Um, and sometimes yeah. it's just a, it's just like a balance of like, you just have to say no to jobs. And sometimes that's really hard, especially when they're really well paid. But you got to think like when you're spending all this time doing some video or project that you don't really care about, like when you get done with that, you're going to be so tired that you're not going to be like up to do this passion project or something that you really love. So it's like, it's always a balance between that um, for me as well. It's like yeah. where the money is or where you want to go. Um, sometimes you have to take those projects that you don't really love, but um, if you generally just keep doing passion projects, you'll eventually start climbing the right limb um, towards doing stuff. Yeah, what, what you said with uh, learning how to say no is actually probably one of the, the biggest lessons I've learned uh, or have had to learn in my in my career, like saying no, changed like how I do my work. It changed the type of projects I get. I used to say yeah. yes to everything just because it was like it was either more money or it was more work, or I just it sounded kind of cool and like there was no reason to say no. You know, like I, I was afraid to say no. Yeah. You know, and um, same with pricing too. You know, like you believe you're at a certain yeah. level and you're you're but you're afraid to raise your prices. You're afraid to say like, I'm worth this much, you know? So you just keep it at the same place. And then you end up doing things that you're not like, they're not worth your time or that don't, aren't going to progress. You aren't going to help you at all. And when I learned to say no to jobs, which was literally a fear, you know, I was literally yeah. like, I was like, I can't, I can't decline the job. We're crazy. Like, but that actually not only brought me more work, it brought me more work in the type of work that I want. Because people yeah. started noting, okay, he doesn't do this type of work. He doesn't. Uh, he likes this kind of stuff. He costs this much. You know, like you, you define who you are by, by those notes. You know. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's it's with me as well. Like, um, actually, like a, a another funny thing about like pricing and getting jobs, is like sometimes. So say a company is talking to like 10 different people about a certain job and nine of them say they'll do it for like $500 and one says they'll do it for $5,000. Like 
the obvious thing is like you think the brand will obviously go with someone for five hundred dollars, but in the brand's eyes, a lot of times they're like, okay, what does this five thousand dollar person have that all these other people don't? So sometimes just not underselling yourself and really like having a higher price than other people sometimes gets you the job more often than undercutting it. Um, I had a, I had a point last it was last like August or something where I had like I already had three jobs that I was working on. And all of a sudden I got all these offers for jobs. So I just told people, I was like, I just quoted them like, like triple the amount that I would normally do a a project for. And all of them were like, okay. And so I was at this point where like, I didn't even have time for the three projects that I had. And then all of a sudden, like I'm getting all these, all these different projects and stuff. And so I ended up having to hire a couple editors and like, just as like, it was so hard for me to get all this stuff done. But um, I didn't uh, think yeah. there was any shot in the world that I would get those jobs, and I quoted them high, and they're just like, "Okay, let's do it." So, yeah. as far as pricing but, uh, goes, yeah, sometimes, you had, yeah. You had the, the, the name already to put yourself there, you know, like you had the content to prove that you have added value. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So, there's a couple questions that uh, people asked on um, Instagram stories this morning. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of comments. Um. What's up, guys? Yeah, what's up, everyone? Michael Eshaha, Michael Omer. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just reading these questions from earlier. Um, so, my friend Carson asked, at what point can you start asking to get paid by brands um, and to quit your everyday job? Um, that's a hard question to answer. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like when it feels right. Um, for me in particular, I kind of like just jumped into it head first and that's where I like, that's, I think one of the main reasons that I was able to do it is because I didn't have any other options. So when I started, I basically, I dropped out of school and just said, okay, I'm doing this. If I fail at it, that's fine. I can always go back to what I was doing before, but I'm going to give this thing a try. So I worked for like six months and saved up like, I think it was like five grand or something. And I just bought a one-way ticket to Asia and that was me just kind of jumping off the deep end and giving myself no life raft. I was like, I had to make this work or I had to go back with nothing. So um, it's hard to um, it's hard to balance like while you're working and trying to do it on the side. For me, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go in this full speed ahead and see what happens. Um, and that worked out for me just because I didn't have anywhere to go. So I did whatever it took to make it happen. Um, yeah, but it's different for everyone don't have the choice you you make it work yeah exactly it's it's a a complicated question because it it really matters what what type of job you're in now you know and how much you really don't love doing it i mean if photography is really your passion you're not actually gonna fully go for it unless you fully go for it (laughs) sounds retarded full send uh, like if you don't (laughs) Yourself. <laughs> if you don't full send, all right. If you don't just go for it, you're not. And you're never gonna have a reason. You're never gonna put enough effort in it to see your potential and see the 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 actual results. You know, because you're gonna be doing it half ass. You're gonna be doing it while you're at work. So probably you'll do some like side jobs or whatever. But it's not gonna be really like, okay, I need to do work to get paid. Like I need yeah. to make dope ass shit so that people see it and they're like, I want this. You know, and if you if you have a job, if you have security and you have all that, then it's it's like you don't really have the need for that, and you don't you won't push yourself there. 
yeah. for the most part. Yeah, you, you kind of feel comfortable. And that's how I felt when I was in school. Like, when I was going in school, or when I was going to school, it was always like, I mean, I, on the weekends, I would go out and shoot and stuff. But it, it was, it's, it's a totally different game than, like, full steam ahead. Like, every day I would wake up, send 20 emails to companies. Every day I would wake up, send 20 DMs to random people, like, yo, you want to shoot? So it was like, it was a full-time thing where I was just trying to make it work. Whereas when you're going to school or when you are um, when you have a job, it, it, it's hard to make time for it. So I, I know plenty of friends who have done it where they worked a job for a while, saved up money, and then uh, started doing it. But unless, like, it's very rare that I hear of someone who does both like at the simultaneously and makes it work there's there's usually a point where like my friend kevin for example he did the same thing as me where he worked for like six months at like three different restaurants i don't think he slept for six months and um he saved up a bunch of money and just went for it um and yeah yeah it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough question but um, it's it's kind of i don't want to say it's the only way but it's the way to find out the fastest if you want it, if you can really do it or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the best way to learn how to swim is to have your dad throw you in a lake. <laughs> yeah. It's like... I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> dude, it's, it's the truth. <laughs> Did your dad throw you in a lake? <laughs> um, there was one... Donna, can you stop filling this feed up with ridiculous questions about nachos and taquitos? Is that Donna? Yeah. What's up, Donna? Donna uh, wants to know if you should hold the camera with the left hand or right hand. Are you Jewish? <laughs> uh, cool. Hey, so to get into another random topic, what's your favorite place you've ever been? Favorite location? Whoa. That's such a hard question, dude. I know. Um, <laughs> it's impossible, actually. Yeah. That's an impossible question. I'll have to go for like a top five, top three. All right, we can do top three. Uh, top three, okay. Indonesia. All over Indonesia. Yeah, there. I agree. Iceland. And, uh, wow, it's so hard to, mm, I want to say, Maybe Brazil, slash, possibly like Africa, someplace in Africa, like Tanzania, stuff like that. Hmm. But that's a hard, I don't know. Yeah, I dude, I totally like, agree with the top two. Oh, shit, man, that's a hard one, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I'm on the same page as you with the top two. Indonesia is so sick. Like, the fact that you can be in Bali and feel like you're in, like, Los Angeles, and then drive your scooter two hours and be in a village that's, like, super remote and there's like no westerners and you feel like you're in this crazy like far out place and it's just two hours away from like literally what you think of as los angeles like it has everything and then it also has beaches it has huge mountains it has like everything and it's like six thousand islands or something um but yeah indonesia iceland too so me and edin last no it was like two augusts ago actually funny because we were we were both in both of those places together yeah yeah um yeah so me and ed went to iceland um with our friends julie and Lehan. i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but uh we went last two <laughs> august ago iceland's so sick <laughs> iceland's amazing it's 
crazy how you can take a cheap ass flight, by the way, yeah. okay, and land on Mars, and every five minutes you drive <laughs> is a completely different landscape. Yeah. And I think my best photos ever, like my top ten photos, are probably all from Iceland. <laughs> yeah, dude, I have this. Uh, so I have this this big wall up here of all these photos. And like 50 percent of them are all from Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's it's cheating as a photographer. You just like, and it's like yeah. twenty great photos. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I know, literally. <laughs> Remember when you uh, lost your drone in Iceland? I don't want to talk about it, man. <laughs> Dude, I was so bummed out. Yeah, so when we were in Iceland, okay, long story short, I'm on my sixth drone. I've never personally crashed any of them. Seriously. <laughs> Baymark 1 fell off the top of our car as we drove away. I, it was my fault, but I didn't actually crash it controlling. drone on the top of the car. <laughs> yeah. So we were like an hour down the road, and we get out to take photos of horses, right? Yeah, and so I look in my back and my drone just isn't there. I'm like, oh my god. I left it on top of the car. <laughs> and so we drove back an hour. Or it's like two hours, dude. It was a long time. We drove back and uh, someone said they saw someone pick a broken, mangled drone from the side of the road. And I thought I'd never see it again. But, um, like, tsh as, as we were leaving, someone emailed me yeah, and said... Yeah, they're like, yo, we found your drone. We want to send it back to you. So, like, four months later, this, like, destroyed box from... Don't you I have it there on your wall? Yeah, dude, this is it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit! This is the drone. Um, yeah, she's she's had better days. The camera was gone. Uh, yeah. It was a good relationship while it lasted, though. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so since then, I've lost... a. Like five drones, and it all is not my fault, 100%. Jesus. I lost one. That's it. <sighs> Which, by the way, if already if people are listening, my lesson from learning the one drone that I did lose was to always put airplane mode on because I got a phone call while I was flying, and I've gotten phone calls all the time, and it would just decline and it would be fine. But I had this weird uh, problem where I got a call and it just disconnected my drone from the remote, and I, it was too far and I couldn't bring it back. That's crazy, dude. I don't. I don't think I told you that. I uh, told you this, but my friend Jonah. So he he, um, he just popped in the live. But anyways, yeah. we were we were doing a hyperlapse, and I was actually flying his uh, his Mavic two. And um, okay. long story short, like I we I set it into hyperlapse mode. Um, it was probably like probably like twenty feet over the water, over the ocean. And it was in Bali. Yeah. And um, set it into hyperlapse mode. And like two minutes later, I heard beep, 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 like the sensors looked down okay. and all I saw was just a wave, boom and blackness. And yeah, dude, yeah. I, so that's another drone that I didn't actually crash. I wasn't controlling it, but it just crashed itself in hyperlapse mode. And it had like, what? it had so much distance. Wait, it was 20 feet above the water? Dude, it was high above the water. Yeah. And it just landed it itself or something. No, nah, I mean it was uh, it was in front of like old man's, so I mean it wasn't wasn't what? huge waves. But yeah, anyway, so I I gave Jonah my Mavic two, had to buy a new one. Um, so I dude I I smoke through drones like crazy, <laughs> and it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah.
The next time I went to Iceland, uh, a bird, I, I was flying in a bird swooped in and took it out, and it landed oh, in salt water God. and was, uh, it was broken. You have the worst throw <laughs> Yeah, dude, I don't, I don't know what the problem is. Um, Amory's asking whose fault was the drone crash. It was definitely not mine. I don't care whose it was, which, it wasn't mine. Which drone crashed? All of them. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, dude, Iceland's sick, Indonesia. What were we talking about before that? I have no idea, man. We're just top countries. Alright, thanks. Um, so yeah, um, does anyone have any more questions? Uh, I think Christian asked a question about settings on the A7R. Settings. Yeah, I just found it right now. Um, so basically, I have no idea what any of that means either. I always yeah. just shoot, I think I shoot on um, 60, 60-24. Do you know yeah, it? It's a bit right, and it, first of all, you don't want to ever use I. It's interlaced. It's more meant for like TVs or something. I don't know. You always want to use P, like 60P or 24P. Um, usually it relates to also the frame rate. You're, it's a bit right, but it's also relating to the frame rate you're using. So if you're shooting 60P, it's going to shoot... Um, 60 frames in every second, which means you can you can use it as slow motion after. Whereas if you're shooting 24, which is by the way what Hollywood uses, um, it's going to look more cinematic, more Hollywoody, as opposed to 60p, which is going to look more sharp, more. Um, it doesn't look. It looks kind of like a like a home video recorder as yeah. opposed to like a Hollywood movie, because Hollywood movies have a little bit of of a blur to them. It's kind of softer feel. Uh, slow motion and, and other times you should probably use 24 yeah and you uh, always want to export in 24 as well um, just because it's yeah. like the human eye just naturally sees 24 frames per second so um, yeah that's just kind of uh, that's just the best Donna wants you to show your uh, ceiling again my ceiling Ugh. I think I'm not sure how Instagram live actually works but um, I think we might be capped in an hour. Let me flip this around. So this is my ceiling. So we just got kicked off live. We reached an hour limit. So now we are um, rejoining. Hey! Dude, yeah, Instagram has a 60-minute time limit. I don't know what their deal is. Damn, we've been talking for an hour? I thought it was like 10 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, so what were we talking about? Um, uh, you were just about to say something, and I... Oh, uh, just the dude from the Waffle House. His name was Walter oh. or something. It was yeah. in a... <laughs> yeah, his name was... <laughs> so yeah, we were in uh, in the West Fjords of Iceland, and we were in this little small town, and uh, we had picked up these Belgian hitchhikers, and they said, yo, you gotta try this Waffle House. Um, so, like, <laughs> we rode around with them for two days as we got to the town, and we got there, and um, yeah, there was a really dope Waffle House. But that old dude, um, yeah. he owned it, and he was a really interesting guy. Um, like, dude, cool, dude. I didn't you... know there were waffles in Iceland because all we ate there was fucking dirt. <laughs> dude, yes, it was like uh, gas station hot dogs and top ramen or instant noodles. What's up, Mario? What's yeah, what's up, Mario? Um, but yeah, dude, you should go back to Iceland and do the West Fjords. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Beautiful. I think. I Ben just invited. Oh, it was in the last chat, but uh, Ben invited us to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Really? Come back, Ben. What? Down. That's so, so sick. 
When? I've actually, it's been a dream of mine. Oh, he just joined. Ben, we're ready for our uh, Kilimanjaro job. <laughs> Who are you going with? No, someone just wrote it. Ben. Oh. Oh, Tim, what's up, dude? Hey, what's up, Tim? So, uh, Tim, actually, we met around the exact same time in uh, Indonesia. Same time I met Eden, we also met Tim. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 that was all together, right. We, had, we slept in a $50 million villa. $50 million dollar villa, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you remember when um, we, we like weren't supposed to be there, so me and you slept like on the pool chairs like outside? <laughs> yeah, it was fucked. Tim, thanks for letting us stay, dude. That was dope. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just another example of the crazy shit that can happen just through Instagram, you know? like Yeah. That would never happen in any possible situation, but it was literally just because we met up on Instagram and then we just like met up with these crazy people and fucking did crazy shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, and we ended Actually, up having like a really good time. Crazy. That, that's when we met Sawyer, Sawyer Hartman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bali. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I think it was um, it was Tim or Lucas sent me a, the picture that we all took when we were there, like the squad picture. Yeah. Um, oh shit, I don't have that. Send that to me. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Uh, cool. So we can just do more questions on the live. Um, if anyone has questions, um, let's see if we have any questions from earlier. Um, uh, someone asked about storage. Um, I just use hard drives, um, external hard drives. I don't know if I have any around. So I just have a million of these and this is where I store all my photos and videos because you don't want to store anything on your actual laptop because, um, it makes it so slow. So I end up buying all of these. Um, yeah, they're not the most reliable though. I don't know if you've had any any break, but these um, these hard drives aren't perfect. Of, of, of hard drives fail. Uh, hard drives are the scariest thing on earth. To be yeah. honest, uh, I buy these four terabyte ones because I have huge file sizes. With like that's one of the downsides also of the Canon Windy X. Huge file sizes, so I buy these four terabyte hard drives and I finish them in like. Couple months, like a month or two. Um, but what I do, because a lot of them fail and they're literally spinning hard drives inside, which are super unreliable, I have this uh, program called uh, Carbon uh, co Carbon Copy Cloner. I think it's called like CCC, and I just make a, a literal clone of it. Like I take two hard drives, my like active hard drive, the one I'm using now with the stuff, the work jobs I'm working on now, I clone it onto another hard drive every couple days or every time I import something new to it so yeah. that if it fails I have a, like an actual copy hard copy of it and yeah. then I can try and fix the other the other one if it if it's fixable but a lot of times it's just like shot and uh, yeah. I've, I've lost I think already like three hard drives um, luckily I usually had uh, backups but it's super super important to backup all yeah. the time I, like the the important thing is to have every file that you have just make sure you have two copies because those things crash all the time. Um, yeah. Nowadays, they have those solid state drives. They're just becoming like like big. Um, they're just right. so expensive right now. I'm kind of waiting. Like with how fast things um, technology is advancing, I'm pretty sure that in like two years they'll be really cheap. Um, so I'm kind of yeah. waiting for that and just like hoping my hard drives don't crash until then. So I have like I just I just bought a two terabyte uh, SSD. It was five hundred bucks. Jeez. Yeah, five hundred bucks. But it's so fast, so I use that as like my main, like 
the projects I'm editing currently, I put them on that, and it it works much faster than working from an external hard drive. Yeah. Um, Yo, what's like, your what's the name of that program that you said? Something Carbon. Tim was asking. Uh, carbon Carbon Copy Cloner. I think it is. CCC. Carbon. I think it's Carbon Copy Cloner. I think I'm gonna start doing that too. I back I started to yeah. back up some stuff on Dropbox, but it just takes up your entire library. Yeah, but that's that's not sustainable when you have like tons and tons of, of, of footage, you know? Like I in this yeah. last in this last three weeks I've shot two terabytes of con- of content. Like I can't back that up on a cloud, you know? Yeah. I have another oh, I forget what it's called, I don't have my computer here, but um I have another program that is constantly backing up my whole MacBook like the actual computer itself and it's like five bucks a month i think um i have to look for the name but um it, mm. it backs up the whole computer all the time so if your macbook yeah. fails or if it crashes or if it uh gets lost or anything like that at least you have a computer oh, yeah. at yeah. least you have all the things that you have your computer uh backed up so that's also a good uh good idea yeah dude it's scary back i uh i lost a it's called backblaze okay backblaze uh, so I lost a hard drive, like, I was shooting a week project in the Dominican, and on, like, I, I usually double back up weekly, which I is stupid, I should do it every single day, but on, like, Thursday of that week, I had a hard drive crash, and I lost everything from the project that I had shot, and so the, the next two days, uh, me and, it was my friend Lexi at the time, we were shooting the project, we just, like, the next two days, we're like, sunrise, sunrise, shoot, shoot, go, 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 get this shot, get this shot, get this shot. And then, um, anyways, I was able to recover it, and it cost like six hundred dollars or something. So it was, Ugh, yeah, yeah, it was just bad. like really back up not fun. Every day, every time you import that night, just put it up, make make a backup of it. You know, while you're sleeping, just let it back up onto another hard drive. Yeah, like it's it's it seems redundant and and like a lot of extra work, but it's not. Like it, the day that your hard drive fails, and it will at some point fail. You'll yeah. be so happy that you did it. Uh, it scares me. It freaks me out. <laughs> um, so you said, so uh, what, do you, what do you have coming up um, in the next, you're leaving tomorrow for Europe? Yeah, yeah tomorrow I'm going to um, Bulgaria and Italy for a job with a ski company Ooh. that I work with a lot in Israel called Skidio. And um, I'm shooting uh, all the different ski resorts in Europe and making like uh, little promotional videos for the for each resort so that they can um, use them to sell more more packages, you know, and have people see, like, where they're going to fly and what, what each resort looks like and what's the yeah. cool stuff there. Um, so that's an example of, like, the cool type of work that I like to do. That's I love snowboarding, so it's super, super fun for me to be able to go be in the mountains and shoot. Um, and, yeah, I have some other stuff lined up. Um, after that, I have a job uh, in Israel, actually, which I haven't done in a while like a travel job in israel in jerusalem which is going to be super cool Sick. And, and after that i might possibly be joining um dan who's on here now and uh adam the guy i was telling you about before um on a job in norway which i'm really really hoping works out because that's going to be mm. super super dope um and then after that i have another ski job and, and then i think i might possibly have some time at home after that <laughs> So that's the problem with uh, the type of work that we do. It's like, I would say there's a lot of pluses, but I would say the worst part of it is not being able to really like spend a lot of time at home or in one place. Like you, you're kind of just moving around so much that you never yeah. really get 
like settled in somewhere. Um, yeah, and I, I, I feel weird saying it sometimes. Like I kind of feel like a douche sometimes when people like I complain because yeah, obviously we have the best job in the world. It's amazing, like traveling. It, yeah. I love it to death. At the same time, when you travel a lot, no matter what, no matter how cool the places are that you go and how cool the jobs are, it's exhausting. Like when you get on sixty flights a year, it's like it. It, it's hard, you know. You're constantly in airports. You're never home. You miss all your friends' birthdays and all the cool, fun holidays and all that. Like yeah. you miss a lot of stuff, you know. And and um, it's definitely a downside, you know. Like there's so many positives that overrule, like make it worth it. Um, but there's a lot, a lot of um, like exha- exhaustion that comes from it. Yeah, exactly. So when I get a chance to get home for a bit, I'm like stoked, you know. Like three weeks at home. Whew. Yeah, I got another like ten days here in Colorado, and I'm just stoked. Like, Damn. it's nice. super nice. But yeah, so I I, I see where you're coming from. Is you kind of feel like a like an asshole because we do live like really really cool lives. Like we get to travel all the time. Like every day is different. It's there's not yeah. much of a routine, and we get to do really cool things. Um, but yeah. like anything, there's downsides. There's there's downsides of any any job that you do. Um, luckily like the positives outweigh the negatives of our job. Um, so I, I feel super grateful to be doing this. Um, I'm sure you're the same. Um, yeah. And it does like to do what we do. It takes a lot of work. Um, people don't realize how much, much work. Yeah, exactly. They don't realize like there's so much behind the scenes work. Like the editing is like, can you even explain how much editing Oh. It's necessary in order to do what we do. Like it, it, like you see all the cool stuff, but what you don't see is like for every hour of doing cool shit, there's like six, seven, eight, ten hours of editing. Yeah. And it's like most of your time you're actually in front of the computer, you know, and, and uh, it's super hard. Like I don't like that, you know, like I like traveling. I like being out doing shit. Yeah. And when you have to sit in front of the computer for, for six, seven, eight hours straight or sometimes days straight in order to get a project done, or before your next flight or something, it's it's super hard, you know? Yeah, and um, so Eden, about two months ago, I think it was, gave a big talk um, in Israel to a crowd of like, I don't know, I'd say 3,000 people. It was like a TED talk. Yeah, it was 3,000 people. It was like TED uh, style. It was the Israeli uh, photography convention. Yeah, so, so in this talk that Eden gave, um, he kind of talked about how photography for him it's just like a vessel to these experiences. Um, and when I watched that, I, I like really connected with it because like I love shooting. I don't love editing that much. Sometimes I do. But um, in a lot of ways, I'm, I'm pretty similar. It's like I just love doing cool things. I love traveling. I love uh, snowboarding, uh, whatever, wakeboarding, all of this. And photography and video is just like a kind of a vessel to get there. Um, and a really cool vessel to get there. Uh, so yeah, your your point of view on that was was really interesting. I thought. Yeah, and in that same uh, part, I also talk about like it's not only a vessel to, to like a tool to get you to these cool places and experiences, but you also like we were talking about before, you meet a lot of people through it. Yeah. And having that um, that tool as a photographer, like you have this thing that people want, I guess you could say, and it gives you like a, a lot of excuses in a way to. To, to meet people and to meet really cool people and uh, most of my friends and a lot of like I've met amazing amazing people through my camera you know like it was yeah. solely because I, I I have a camera I know how to take pictures and like hey let's meet up and take pictures 
that I've been able to meet these like very very talented, very professional, very inspiring people that I probably wouldn't meet without my camera. You know. Yeah, and not just photographers, just like all over the board, like musicians, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. models, um, yeah. entrepreneurs, athletes. Most of the people I met are athletes that are like so inspiring. You know, like the people that like don't dedicate their life to to doing this like a certain thing, and then you learn a lot from those kind of people. You have the yeah. tool to meet them. You know. Yeah, and it's it's such a cool tool. Being able to, uh, I kind of realized this recently. Is like. Like, it's such a cool tool to be able to share your perspective of the world. Like, not a lot of people can do that. And I hang out with so many, like, videographers and photographers, I, I kind of forget about that sometimes. But then, um, whenever I hang out with people who don't do that, they're like, yo, it's, it's awesome that you're able to, like, I don't know, share your view of things. Like, it, it's, not everyone can do that. And so, it's, it's, it's a super cool for profession, just, like... Like, we can go on a trip to Indonesia, film the whole thing, and, like, indirectly, someone in India can kind of share that experience. Obviously, it's not the same as being there, but it's, uh, it's like, at least a little tiny like, look into it. It's not the same, but you have to remember what, like, or at least for me, and definitely for you as well, like, the goal is, is in the end of the day, to inspire, you know? Like, I, I think me and you have that exact same goal with our work, and, uh, yeah. that, that, that tool that we have is best possible way like to be able to let someone have that experience with us is like the thing that could possibly get them to get out of their chair and go go do something you know which is like what what the goal you know like all all i want to do is make people like really notice that they they have the potential to do anything they want and and go out and do it you know And, and uh or like we were talking about before like when's the time to to quit your job and go do photography and all that like photography or videography gives you the tool to to inspire people to do that kind of stuff and for me that's like the, yeah. the the number one satisfaction that i get from from the content that i create is when i see people who have reacted to it like it gave them the inspiration and then they go and do something that's for me is like whoa like i'm i'm, I'm humbled you know yeah yeah dude the cool some of the coolest messages that i ever get are people who are like yo i saw your um, I made a video that's basically about saying, get out and do stuff. It's called The Power of Now. And someone messaged me and was like, yo, I saw your video and I booked a flight to Iceland. And I was like, dude, that is like the coolest thing ever. Like that's, that makes all of what went into that worth it for one person to get inspired and be like, yo, I'm going to go out and do something Absolutely. cool. So yeah, it's a really cool, um, really cool profession to get into. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, someone asked, what is written on the brown paper behind you? Oh, uh, so, um, this here, I, I decided that I really wanted to start keeping track of my flights, so I tr- started to write down all my flights from the last couple years, and, yeah, I made a little poster of it, um, yeah, it's kind of just everything, but still got a, got a page to fill, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And uh, try and make a a wall of ticket stubs. Yeah, dude. I remember you showing me that when um when I was in Israel. That was one of the reasons what that inspired me. I was like, oh, I have to start keeping track of this because it is so cool. Because it's crazy to look back like at the end of the year and see all the shit that you 
like that you did, you know, like you kind of just lose track of it because you do so much that you you kind of forget, you know. Yeah. When you have that. You kind of look at it all in front of you, like physically. It's like whoa, like did a lot. Yeah, and you, yeah, it's like you said, like unless you can physically see it, like you have your stack of stubs and I have this papers, like unless you physically right. see it, you kind of just forget about it. Like, right. yeah, it's 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 cool. Um, yeah, well, cool. So, um, unless anyone has any final questions, we can wrap this up. Um, dude, it's been awesome going live with you. This, uh, dude, I'm happy you're doing this. This is a cool, cool idea, and I'm excited to see all the all the rest of the ones that you do. Yeah, man. Thanks for being the first one. So, I'm I'm basically gonna try and do these like uh, like once a week. Um, it's not necessarily a podcast. It's actually called not a podcast. Um, it's called not a podcast officially. Of course, you call it not a podcast. It's just like <laughs> random conversations with cool people. Um, so yeah, dude. Thanks again for uh, for coming on. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, let's uh, let's do something soon. We have uh, Burning Man, obviously. But um, Burning Man's coming up. But yeah, I'm down to do something before. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Iceland round seventeen for you. I probably won't bring a drone, or I'll bring like six because I know. That I'll pass <laughs> <laughs> Alright, dude. Appreciate you. Alright. Thanks, man. Good seeing you. Yeah. Peace, dude.